Vinny, your fucking shirt is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's funny, right? I've been okay. Yeah. I've been asking you yeah. for months. You said you have a bunch of these. Oh yeah. And I've been like, boxes. yo, give me a shirt. And <laughs> yeah. you you never bring me a shirt. Wait, why do you have boxes of those? Oh, when I was like amateur fighter guy back yeah. in the day, uh-huh. this dude owned a t-shirt printing company and he's like, I'll make you a couple hundred of those. <laughs> and you're and like- So you're like, like I would go out to fight like at Magnus Arena in Denver. Yeah. And there'd be like 500 people wearing my fucking fat ass <laughs> shirt. You, you, yeah. you throw a punch, you turn yeah. around and throw and a And this, this was literally- this was me in my underwear in uh, my mom's office. That's the picture. Really? That's I awesome. took it as a joke. That's you awesome. know what's funny yeah. about yeah, this yeah. though is it it literally looks like a photo of you at a giant arena, just like you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Fucking in the study That's at my amazing. parents' house in Redstone Drive. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, the whole story is I was got out of college football, weighed like three fifty, which yeah. is what I weigh now. Yeah. Well, I started training the fight because I literally the market crashed. Oil and gas hadn't started yet for me, so real estate was not an option. Yeah. And my guy was like, come take boxing lessons because you were a champion wrestler. Like, you get some hands, you'll make some money. Even as like a low-level pudwhacker amateur, sure, yeah. I could make like five, six grand a fight. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, oh yeah. That's wow. amazing. Yep. Yeah, so, that's, that's a lot. Money. That's, yeah, that's, like that's it's, money. it was for the time of my life with no kids, yeah. like it was fucking perfect. Yeah. So I'm training one day and- Funny story, the trainer that trained me is now the trainer for Kamara Usman, who's the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC. Okay. It's real fucking training. Yeah. So, uh, that's how I met Brendan Schaub. We were training partners. So, and he was fucking amazing. So, (laughs) my wife walks in one day. She's like, oh my God, Trevor, you made Vinny skinny. Because I had lost like 80 pounds training the fight. Oh and he and fucking Trevor Whitman's like, skinny, skinny fucking Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And, and just just so you know, okay. he's so Vinny's got this insane BMW X6M competition. It's oh, like yeah. a track SUV. It's uh, literally sexy. like it's the BMW. It's literally BMW's like fastest, most insane I got a good story about that later. SUV oh, that they make. And his license plates just say skinny. It's fucking great, dude. How did you even get that? Dude, so I went to the DMV, and the lady was like, there's two things are going to happen. Somebody has it, or there's no fucking way they approve it. Unless you have a really good, because like they don't do fat boy, like they don't do body well, shapes, yeah. right? Oh, okay, interesting. Because it's Colorado, like come on, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah. I was like, tell she's typing notes. How do you want me to explain this to the people that approve it? And I was like, tell them to look at my height and weight on my ID, uh-huh. and that it is a nickname that's supposed to be funny and make people laugh. Okay. She typed that exactly on the screen and. Boom, approval. And they fucking really? printed it for me. Wait, did a real wow. person approve it? Yeah, it has that... to go through a whole process for really? like 10 to, 10 to 20 days. Holy shit. And they shit. have to approve. Otherwise, people will do like FAQ, like FAH. Right. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. So, yeah. And so it gets approved. It shit to me. And the lady was like, I can't fucking believe it. So, oh, my God. Wow. But so the, it's funny when I'm driving my car. They have a sense of humor, though. Yeah, because people like pull yeah. up, like, one of it's like some weird trophy wife thing with some weird guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic. So everybody laughs. Yeah. When my wife drives it, it's not funny. <laughs> Like, we've gotten out of the car before, and people are like, oh glad God. you think so highly of yourself. Oh, I'm like, get a fucking God. life, asshole. Oh, my God. That's yeah. amazing. Anyways, uh, before we dive too far into this, I think we should introduce our guest today. Oh Ladies and gentlemen, please, please, well, please, 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 please welcome please. Mr. Sean Crowder. For those, of you, hey, for those of you who don't know, uh, Sean is one half of uh, the band Sungazer. Mm. Uh, the other half, of course, being Adam Neely. 
another uh, music YouTuber. And Sean himself is a music YouTuber. Indeed. And uh, I've seen, in fact, the first time I saw your stuff, um, I actually commented on it. I don't know if you ever saw it. Oh, really? It. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, because you did a video where you made hi-hats out of like 21 yeah, inch rides. Yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever that was. And oh. I was like, yo. That's <laughs> uh, that <laughs> Music. <laughs> snobbery. Yeah, yeah, snobbery. We're already into the snobbery exactly, bullshit. Exactly. I was worried yeah, about yeah, you. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, they're just going to talk about shit. <laughs> like, I'm going to be excommunicated. <laughs> no, no, no. So so Sean, Sean made a, a video where... Um, he took two big ass ride symbols and made a hi hat out of them. You know, the hi hat's usually like a smaller symbol. It's on your left like, foot. Sh- 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 yeah. 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 And so, uh, and it sounded super cool. And I love like big washy symbols and stuff like that. Like, it's just my Me favorite too. thing. Yeah, yeah. And so I saw the video. Washy's super snobby. Yeah, yes. washy's super yeah, snobby. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so that was the first video of yours that I saw, and I was like, oh no shit, because I, you know, at that point, like I hadn't necessarily like mapped out who everyone was. And so I was figuring, I was like, oh okay, so yeah, Sungazer, because I listened to some Sungazer and all that kind of stuff. You so, guys are fucking great, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. I was yeah. so glad. I had no idea. And so the first, the, everybody was great. Everybody that performed was great. And then I had no idea there was YouTube component to it. And it was mm-hmm. fucking packed. And he didn't know it was going to be this packed. And we're all like, I, we got in because the lady let us in. Tell that story because that's, oh. that's actually crazy. Because yeah. they, they almost didn't get in. We well, thought I mean, like, sure, we'll go to this local production. We'll support local music. <laughs> Fuck that. You guys are like stars. So the line's out the door. We get up to the lady and I'm like, we'd, we'd like two tickets, please. She's like, ah. Right, and i'm like what do you mean i'm like my homie's like performing with these guys we have to get in and she's like i haven't done this working here for like 11 years just show me your ids and go inside so it's perfect wow Wow. and then but what was so crazy was when you guys start talking about who's watched videos and who's done this that room was electric yeah those fucking people love you the fans, yeah. Oh, you must get yeah. the weirdest fucking direct messages, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, it was amazing, yeah. truly. It was cool. Yeah, they're they're a good bunch. I mean, our fans are mostly music nerds. Yeah. Which is great because we are also. I'm sure. finding that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, we've already started. Yeah, we've already said hi hat, symbol yeah, washi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're fun. They're they're awesome. But and what a cool you guys are amazing yeah. and it was musical and fantastic and my wife is not musical. I'm a little bit musical. Watching her enjoy it is the true, like, if it's worth watching, Litmus Mandy test. will move her hips and dance a little bit and yeah. like it. She fucking loved it. Cool. That's all you yeah. need right oh, there. Thank you. The well, that's, Mandy that's Litmus one of the test. That's one of the things I think is so cool about Sungazer is the fact that, like, it, it is this super insane, highly complex from a musical perspective, but yet you guys package it in a way that's, like, easily consumable, that still feels like it's, like... Super important. Yeah, because it still feels thank like you, you can yeah. kind of groove to it, and it's easy to, like, hear where the groove is a lot of the time, even if it's some whacked-out odd-time shit. And, like, that's yeah. that that was some of my favorite stuff, because that's, that's, like, the stuff I love the most. That's one of the things that drew me to somebody like Tigran as well. Right, like, yeah. This stuff that's just like super complex but yet you still can feel super where it's groovy at. Yeah. yeah yeah that's nice to hear i mean that's something that we try to do keep that because that's a big component like something like my wife being able to not know who you are she's like i hope it's not death metal and i was like well you just don't understand death metal babe and then like we fought the whole way down there and then she was like this is fucking great and i was like yeah so that keep that yeah i mean it's it's something that we don't do it to try and commercialize it or right. like water it no, down. no no it feels like it's naturally it's it happens that way yeah i mean it's it's one of the the things we value in music is uh you know we like to have fun and get complex sometimes but melody and groove and these these kind of essential elements are also really important to us so would this be an elementary comment to say you keep it a bit 
like musical for someone like my wife like because i i know there's some death metal that people say the reason this is amazing someone like him would say or you would yeah, say is yeah. you don't even understand what they're doing <laughs> well that would be like me saying don't watch what the quarterback's doing watch what the left guard's doing right the way he posted his left yeah, foot exactly. and put you'd be like but he, the quarterback threw a touchdown pass. I don't yeah, give a fuck about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so there's yeah, a, right. you got to keep the quarterback involved somehow. 100%. And, right. and, and hopefully the audience doesn't have to understand it to enjoy it. Bingo. But if you do, then there's like another layer. Like it's, it's yeah. like coffee or food or anything. Yeah. You get really into it. Good point. You might not know anything about it, but you're like, oh, that's a good espresso. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure you can go down the rabbit hole. Of right, of course. Where knowing the, the weather of and, the region where yeah, it's from and all are that. Are you a coffee stuff. nerd? Because it sounds like you are. I, I am. I mean, not to the extent that I will turn down a gas station coffee okay, if it's the only thing available. <laughs> yeah. So you're not like, Starbucks is burnt. Well, I'm still an addict is the problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. But no, I do appreciate too. a good coffee. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Do you drink coffee? No. No, you don't. We do both you? looked at you just yeah. now. That was a vibe. Yeah, I was like, whoa. I was like, <laughs> okay. Get talking, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, everybody's, everybody's <laughs> turning around to attack. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> do you drink coffee? You don't? Fuck? No, 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 no. Well, how do you get going? Just cook, cooking? Yeah, yeah, all, <laughs> yeah straight I up cook. No, I mean, you know, I was, I was talking to uh, to uh, Jake and Dylan about this, but my body's like, like pretty A plus. Like I wake up. Listen to this like, fucking guy. I wish you would have said this guy. I wish you would have said plus. dialed in. I'd have been like douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, I think right. A plus is still yeah. worthy of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, close. It's, but it's, dialed it's in. in my body's really, really dialed in. Yeah, it's that'd have been really better. So like I I wake up like naturally six thirty, no alarm clock. I fall asleep at like ten ten thirty, and like I I just go to bed. I have like you mean you wake up naturally after eight hours of sleep. Yeah, exactly. So you just sound like, like a single guy that, with though. nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like anything special, dude. It just sounds like you're like, my life's pretty on, fucking no, great. It's great. No, and then you wake great. up and you're like, yeah, I'm done. my schedule, my time, yeah. my emotions, right. let's go. Exactly. No, and then I'm ready to fucking go. Like, yeah. you know, just ready for the day. Has that always been the case? Because I'm here. So for those of you yeah. who don't know, Amram and I were freshman college roommates. Yeah. And so uh, we lived in a... We didn't get stuck. Okay, so we both went to Purchase College, and they had these they had these uh, triples that were designed as doubles. And so what they did is they put a bed and then a or they put a loft and then a bunk bed. It was mm. n- only ever designed for two people to live in. What do you mean a loft? And a, so it's an open studio room. It's just uh-huh. a it's a box. And it's then there like, is a yeah. stairway up to another level. No, no, no. A loft meaning like a loft bed. So a bed that's like on stilts. So it's like a bunk bed top without the bottom. Okay. So like a desk or workstation. They put a desk. Correct. And so, but these rooms were only ever designed for two people. And so, but they put, because they were like, fuck you, we're going to take your money anyways. They put, um, the, they put, um, three people in them. And so, uh, we got lucky because we decide because normally what would happen is even if you found somebody you wanted a room with, they were still going to randomly assign you a third person, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's one you would you would end up in what they call my college experience converted by the way. triple yeah. is what they mm-hmm. called it. Correct. Well, we found a third person, our freshman roommate Terry. Yeah, and we found a be- true triple because we found a third person. We had a group of three ready Thruple. to go. Yeah. They gave us what they called a design triple. Mm. So rather than this two room, we got this like weird lopsided bigger room that was actually made for three people. And um, actually, I don't think it was made for three people at all because if you think about it. There were no closets in that room. No. They were only brought in like wardrobes. Yeah. So 
literally by definite by real estate definitions yeah. they could it couldn't even be a Fuck bedroom no. right but oh, they right. it would sounds stuff, like a human shipping they, yeah, right. they stuff three right. people into this right. fucking right. thing and that's and that's that's how we live i, I would have rather had that though mine was two bedrooms and a bathroom and a little living room right closed bedrooms and it was supposed to be one person one person so that i could be a football player they could be an artist and we didn't have to like see each other (laughs) and it was like they were trying to integrate the athletes with some of the upperclassmen Ah, right so they changed that when unc blew up northern colorado Uh and it was four people in those two fucking rooms are you holy Uh shit yep so you're talking like 500 square feet yeah and it was one little fucking weird room with two twin beds with a foot in between them and then the next little door with two fucking twin beds with one foot between them it was wild. Dude, 500 dude. square feet. That's what I live in now. And I'm like, this is no, good no, no, for no, no, one no, no, no. person. No. Well, you're talking about it was a suite, right? Yes. It had yeah, closed yeah. doors. Yeah. So 500 square feet total, though. So you're talking. Right. Yeah. Did you have a common area? Yeah, but it, I mean, all what? four of us couldn't have been in there at the same time. For sure. Right, for sure. Right, 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 right. It, and it's supposed to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, like athlete with an artist or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It was me yeah. with three artists. <laughs> <laughs> and funny. this is like pre transformative Vinny. Yeah. I'm still like yeah. meathead jock guy. Right, right. It was oh fucking God. weird, dude. dude that's fucking it was amazing. good, though. I apologize. Sean, all three remind me where you went to school. I forgot. Uh, Berkeley. Oh, you, okay, so yeah. So you and Adam both went to Berkeley. Yeah, that's where I met Adam. Okay, right. So you're smart. Well, what was your SAT score for a drummer? Yeah. <laughs> what was your SATs? I don't know. Yes, you do. I don't even. Re- I, no, honestly, I don't. I don't remember. What is people that got good scores don't remember? No, I don't. Remember. People like me, I know. What is it? No, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> you brought it up. I'll show you my tax returns before I show my fucking <laughs> SAT score. But you brought it the fuck up. Yeah, yes, yeah. because I know you guys are smart and no. don't need to know your test scores. I was like, what do I have to get? And I beat it by like three points. Okay, so so seriously, in regards to SAT, so like I made a decision that. You know, I'm gonna go to music school, and so in senior year, I really, I really checked out the first day. Senior year of high school, I was like, "Fuck it," you know. And so, <laughs> so like, so high school, senior year, high school's rolling around, and the SAT comes by, and like, I think I didn't do shitty, but like, I did like pretty. What whatever. was the score? Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh. Well, like, was it? Isn't it out of twenty four hundred? It's changed. Yeah, what is it's the? Oh, nowadays? is it changed now? Like for I us, no I thought it was out of sixteen hundred. Computer here. I don't know. Yeah. Sixteen hundred. That sounds yeah. familiar. Right. Sixteen. Right. Yeah. Max, no, yeah. sixteen. No, no, not max. Because I know. So, oh yeah. Because sixteen sounds from like I, that might have been. Well, there was like another test too. What the ACT? ACT? No, no. Yeah, six, that was different. Four hundred to sixteen hundred. So sixteen hundred would be perfect. No, no, no. I don't think that's right. Now it is. I think it used to be twenty four hundred. I don't know. Something like that. Vinny, what'd you get? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way: when they oh when God. they sent me my letter of intent for a full ride football scholarship, uh-huh. he was like, "Don't sign that yet. We just got your rejection academically." <laughs> so he had to uh, call the the with the comptroller. There's some word for it, registrar or yeah, something. Registrar, yeah. Comptroller. Yeah. yeah, he had to yeah. call that person, and he's like, "We just offered him a full ride with books and boardroom and food and full athletic scholarship. We need to push him from conditionally." Uh, approved to full approval, no conditions. And she, I was on three way, and she's like, done. And that was it. Wow. And I was in, baby. And now you're in school. <laughs> now you're yeah. in school. Yeah, paid to be a nose guard. Uh, higher nose education's guard. Yeah. not corrupt at all. Right. <laughs> oh, right. right. Oh man. Right. So, uh, so how how did you decide like? On Berkeley, like, was that just something you would always thought of? Because I know Berkeley's one of those ones that, like, a lot of times younger musicians are like, that's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know? Well, yeah, it was one of maybe three or four schools that I looked at. 
Um, I was also... What were the other ones? Yeah, so USC, Southern okay, California. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had a very good music program. They still do. And UNT, uh, North yeah, Texas. Yeah. And yeah. then University Eagles. of Miami. Yep. Frost. Gaines. Frost, yeah. Um, and I think... So my top two were Berkeley and USC. And I ended up getting into both. Mm. But uh, Berkeley just was a better fit in terms of it allowed me to study many kinds of music, many mm. different styles. Mm-hmm. And that was really important to me. Like I didn't want to only study jazz or be a classical orchestral percussionist, right. Right. which is kind of what all the other schools offer. That mm-hmm. happened to my sister at Northern Colorado. They call it the school of music yeah. and she got pushed into the classical opera music theory, hardcore, mm-hmm. like have the classic voice. Don't do the pop stuff. She was really sad at the end. Like, wow. cause it was, Four years of learning shit that she already knew how to do and just kind of tuning it yeah. instead of like what you got to right. do, which was she wanted to study it all. Yeah. I mean, UNC was one of the schools that was kind of, you know, I grew up around here. Yeah. So they were sort of pushing that on. It's a great school. All of us. Yeah. It is a great school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but again, as a percussionist, I would have been limited to, you know, playing xylophone and timpani. Yeah. They would have put you in a box just like, yeah. Exactly. I'm very, like, man, I yeah. want to play drum. I so, want to play so, drum But set. you, you were aware of that then from before you went to school in terms of like knowing that you wanted to have this more sort of well-rounded yeah. approach to yeah. what you were studying. That's, that's great because like, I didn't realize that mm. until we were partway through school. Mm. Cause I was, I was totally like jazz elitist snob. Mm. Like you, um, you shut the fuck are. up. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. Yeah, I could feel it coming from a mile away. <laughs> Uh, no, no, but that, I like I wouldn't give any other music the light of day until I got partway through school, and I was like, "Why are all like the people around me listening to other shit as well?" Yeah. And that was something that I had to like That's learn. So interesting. To start from mm, that perspective yeah. and knowing that you want to go to school with that in mind, like that's super valuable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it just happened accidentally or naturally for me because I was already playing all kinds of stuff. Like I, I was doing the school band thing where I you know, did the jazz band and mm-hmm. the uh, marching band and all of that. But I also had like a garage band, with yeah. my, a rock yeah. band with my friends. Yeah. And it's like, I, I just love good music. Yeah. So I, I want to learn as much as I can about all these different styles. It doesn't matter. So do you listen to everything? Yeah, pretty much. Is I that mean, true? Because like, he would say that, but that's bullshit. Well, yeah, no, course, that's not bullshit. Well, uh, <laughs> a lot of people say that. You'll give it 30 but... seconds. Then you'll yeah. tear it well, to shreds. But okay, but the three <laughs> of us, the three of us can absolutely tell you that yes, there's some shit that you'll give 30 seconds and you'll be like, yeah, okay, I get it. And like, if yeah. you're not into it, you're not Correct. into it. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. like, cause like some I mean, stuff you can have figured out in 30 seconds, for sure. Why like, do you have to figure like, it out, guys? Just fucking well, listen cause, to cause it. Our, our because our minds already like just, b- just Because you know you that. know what you're hearing. Like yeah. if, if you send me something and like I've heard it before, like I know where it's coming from in terms of like what kind of music it is or like how it's constructed or or like the instrumentation or whatever it is you can oftentimes hear stuff and pretty accurately put it into a bag. Now, that's not to say that, that you could come across stuff that <laughs> yeah, drops something on you. Take a deep breath, Vinny. Take but, a deep breath. But isn't that like, isn't that the whole point of music is that it sounds uh-huh. good? Yes. So even if it's Coldplay's three chords or Chainsmokers' three chords uh-huh. or U2's three chords, yes. And we know where it's coming from, and I'm a fucking novice, and I know there's a formula to those three people I just said. Absolutely. It still can fit the moment, fit the vibe, and you guys still wouldn't do it? 100%, but check this out. There's a team out there in the NFL that is efficient, that gets the job done, that does it very well, 
that you just don't really care about watching because it's not interesting. They don't play in a way that's like, you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. It that, works, that's fine. First of all, fuck off. You just <laughs> totally put me in a box. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So great job. Because that, yeah. I, when, before, again, before you said it, I was I like, three teams came to he's going to bring yeah. up the Jaguars from 98. <laughs> right. <laughs> That so yeah. that's true. There you know, are absolutely it's kind of the same formulaic like, football teams mm-hmm. that like uh, the service uh, Navy, Army, all those teams, they mm-hmm. play the triple option. That's about as exciting as sure. watch a buddy jerk off. Like I have no interest in it. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. I don't yeah, want to prepare right. for it. Yeah, right. So I, you are correct about that. Yeah. So but, that's true. And, and then, you know, and, and uh, like in, in another example, like Lewis Hamilton is not a person is a person that is polarizing because some people are just bored by watching him win. It's a little because, bit boring because he's a fucking surgeon and knowing he, he's got faster cars from my limited knowledge. Yeah. Which is certainly a component to yeah. it, but like he's so efficient that people are almost bored by him. Mm-hmm. And like that, you know, it's, it's, it's to answer your question, it can absolutely be the right fit for, for a particular scenario, okay. but it's just something where you're like, I get it. It's just so not that if, interesting. If chain smokers come on for you, and I'm not, I used to be a chain Fuck off, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so like if they come on at a barbecue and you're, whatever, playing the drums, having a couple of beers, you're not going to be the guy that's like, ugh. No, no, no. Turn it off. But I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> what no the fuck are you talking about? No one does that, Vinny. I don't fucking do that. That's true. <laughs> but I like to picture you guys doing it because it's way funnier. <laughs> right, right, right. Like my 4th of July right. barbecue, all you right. guys are like, right. oh. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, one day I'm, I'm going to just put on that act. on the, on the You next should do party. that next I, time I, we I hang out. I'm like, oh, like, bro. Yeah, this shit again. Oh, oh my Kia God. God. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, something could be simple and be great. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And, and that that is a magical thing, too, when somebody plays the three Coldplay chords and still manages to captivate you you're like whoa well you know because it's not as simple as just playing them or not playing them it's a good point it can be played in a boring manner or it can be played in a manner that's extremely exciting so it's like you know like when it comes to like really creating music and like as as the user of the instrument that you have chosen drums or saxophone or piano a lot of it's just like touch tone and like the in, in drums like the balance between like how light is that how loud is that ride cymbal in comparison to the snare in terms of the, the saxophone it's like tone energy inflection you know and and all these things and that makes up the whole entire thing that you're hearing so like we get really picky about those details because we've studied those details and we have it on our own thing no know? i i i appreciate that you, know? yeah. you, you the football thing is dead on because it is yeah. when you know what a team's gonna run yeah it's like oh come on guys. well check it out i mean listen to john bonham play a 4-4 groove Dude. and and then listen to led zeppelin John Bonham, um, John Led, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin drummer. Okay, uh, listen to John Bonham play a four. Just a standard, no quarter is my favorite song a, by the way of all time. Yeah, exactly. Just like a straight ahead four four group, and then listen to somebody literally play the exact same notes in the exact same place, and it doesn't sound like that. It's like you, we could all sing an A note right now. Yeah, right. Somebody's going to be the best at it, and it could be the right note. Like you could sing in exact a, way, a, yeah, a, sure. a, 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 somebody's yeah, yeah. gonna. If we made them vote, they'd be like, <laughs> they'd be like, oh, <laughs> somebody's better. Vinny's the best. <laughs> That's just physical fear. That has nothing to do with my actual singing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So real quick, because I'm, the, I'm sure we haven't talked about it. Now I'm gonna, uh, no, I'm gonna MC this bitch. Yeah, okay. All What's the in, all the instruments you can play, and I, when I say play. You could impress my friends at a party. Like we're all having beers, and you've got all your instruments out. What do you play? 
Okay, and I can impress like your your normal non the non musician, not these dickheads. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, my yeah, buddies okay, from college. Okay. Yeah. So saxophone, flute, clarinet, piano, guitar. Really? Yeah. Trumpet. Um, take that back. <laughs> no, 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 I can do that. No, I can. I, I can. Remember, heard you play no, trumpet. remember, remember. Well, it's my friends. Uh, yeah, it's, remember, it's, it's my friends. I'm not that's true. Yeah, that's true. He okay, could play okay. taps, and we'd yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Right, right, right. right. And I think, I think, for the most part, that's that's it. But then, like you know, baritone horn. He says that's it. No, wait a minute. But when you say saxophone, you're including competent with nine instruments. Yeah, of course. But then, like you know, like baritone horn. But then, like once, see, the thing is, is that like once you get into like how music works, it's just like yeah, well, you know, the piano is just a keyboard, and if you look at a xylophone, it's the same shit, you know. And so you can just play that too. He's getting too deep because it's not the same fucking thing. One is this, and one is. But it looks the same, and and the fingerings for baritone horn and trumpet. Are the same. You just got to change your arm. I don't know what a baritone horn is. Yeah, you do. You know, it. euphonium. Yeah. It's like a little tuba, like a mini tuba. You've seen euphonium. It. Yeah. yeah. Although a baritone and euphonium are technically different. Is this uh, like the penis thing you're fucking like, with me? <laughs> it is. Euphonium is not a word, is it? You fucking dickheads. I swear to God, no, euphon- no, that one's real. Fucking, it is a real pretentious name. So, it like, is a pretentious six name. episodes ago, they told me that it's penist. No, 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 no. We said penis. Penist. We said it's not a pianist. It's a penist. And and we and we and con- I bought it. We, we convinced, I drank it, dude. Yeah. We convinced him of that, and then he left. And we went a whole week of him thinking that. Oh, I've like learned, I, I've leg- now- it was more than a week. And I legitimately thought I was like correcting oh my, my mom. You're dude. like I've learned a new yeah. word. I was like it's penis. <laughs> my guys that do music for a living told me <laughs> so. And then, so. And, then, and then the next episode, we casually just dropped like, oh yeah, we last week we had Vinny convinced it was penis, you know, and, 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 like, and, he, and he was like, and he was like, wait, what? That wasn't real. That was really good. Did you guys talk about that before? Or was no. it just organic? No, it just came out. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so many dickheads. So in the room. fucked. <laughs> so how many twelve instruments do you play? What do I? Um, You'd to, have to, to impress, impress a room your full non-music of fret, non-music fret, non-music a bunch of fret. dudes with CTE okay. and manic depression. <laughs> We're all trying ketamine to get better because um, we played football okay. for too long. All right, yeah, so right. piano, obviously. Um, saxophone. Saxophone. I've never played Barry, but I've played alto and tenor. Yeah. But I've never played Barry. It's the same shit. Um, Listen yeah. to this conversation um, if you're me, right? Oh, right. Barry. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trumpet, baritone, yeah. blueberry sex. Yeah, yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> yeah, right. You, yeah, exactly. Right, right. Penis thing. Somebody could, needs to make an album called that. But you could oh. literally be like, the strawberry flute is my yeah. favorite. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like yeah, it, yeah. too. I like it, too. Right. Well, see, so if, if it's- And drums. drums if, it's, like if it's flute, then also piccolo for me. You know, That's I, true. I That's a good point. Do you play a jazz flute? You yeah. play a little bit of yeah, jazz flute? Yeah, I mean, jazz flute's a style. Yeah. Like Ron flute. Burgundy style? Like, yeah, I could pull do it that. out of your sleeve and. Yeah, I could do that. No, he, yeah, literally, he, literally, do that. No, he literally can. I, I literally can. Yeah. You got to bring a flute next time. <laughs> do you That'd have your awesome. flute? Do you have yeah. your flute in your not, sleeve? Not right now, no. What no, the no. fuck, Amro? Next, next time, be like, oh, oh, oh. Next time. Yeah. I'm not prepared. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're up now. How many instruments? Drums. Yes! No, you gotta play. No. Yes, you, you play. You okay, shit. no, yeah. we're so, pressing non-musicians. All right, well, I, I can play a little bit of piano. I can play a few guitar chords. He, okay, I feel like I feel like that translations to a, it's probably a lot of piano. Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, if, but, if, if I mind, this is a prepare. bunch of old football players <laughs> drinking beer, right? And you're like. Hey guys, and when you start banging, and we're like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm wearing my own face on my shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm not enough, very, I'm not very sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had to. <laughs> I was forced to study piano. Um, right, laboriously. Yeah. Did, did Berkeley? Did they make you take piano class? Yep. Yeah. And, but even before yeah. that, okay. uh, when I started playing drums in, 
I guess, fifth or sixth grade, wow. in order to play in the school bands as a drummer, you had to study piano for a year uh, so that you could play the xylophone and, oh, and right. all of that. Wow. So, yeah, that makes exactly. sense. Uh, yeah, I hated piano lessons, yeah. but but it was super valuable. It's because you haven't, it's because you haven't taken lessons on the Cornell Music Academy. Yeah, exactly. Ah, piano right. It's a bit, yeah, yeah, link, yeah. In the, link in the description down below. <laughs> Today's oh, yes. coupon is. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Uh, so my, my mom made me sing. I had to be in the top choir from eighth grade to senior high school, or I was not given car insurance and wasn't allowed to play football. It wasn't just like, you have to sing to play ball. It was like, you have to sing for me to pay your car insurance and play football. I'm not raising fucking all meatheads. You can be like 80% meat, (laughs) but it's got to be 20% jazz flute, right? There's some incentive, yeah. Yep. So I liked my car and I loved playing ball. So I fucking, I can sing. And that's my thing. And I cannot play a little bit of piano, but my piano is more like you can play the note, I can sing the note type of thing. Reading music, not my thing. But I, I, a question just popped into my head for you guys for okay, real. Yeah, yeah. My sister always complained at the School of Music about a course called Music Theory. <laughs> and she tried to explain it to me. And yeah. I was like, you'd be terrible on a podcast because that was a shit fucking <laughs> way to explain a course. How would you guys explain musical theory at a college level? Let's let's let Sean take yeah, it. Yeah, please. I'm curious right. to what your take is on this. Yeah, well, depending on who you talk to, there's different definitions. But uh, I would argue there's a naming element to it. There's just a practicality of we're going to call this chord this and this note that just so that you have a way to communicate with the other musicians. Then there's another layer to it, which is, quote unquote, how music works which is not really how music works, but it's how classical music from Europe works. Okay, that and, makes sense. And so that there are certain rules that you can follow in order to make the music sound like that style. Okay. Um, so it's there, hard. Well, there's also jazz theory as well, mm-hmm. uh, which has a different set of rules. And I guess you could apply that to any style of music. Right. Yeah, and it's not interesting because I, I, I feel like there's a, the, there's a crossover, right? Because mm-hmm. I actually don't really know much classical theory theory like mm. in in a, in a traditional sense um my education is completely in jazz theory so but what what it, what is true i think across all of them is like is a lot of what you're talking about so it's like the naming it's like essentially just building a glossary of how yeah. are we going to refer for exactly what you said it's communication purposes but then like there are certain things about relationships between notes which really boils down to frequencies of like vibrations because that's all notes are um and like why certain ones worked with the other ones and like how certain ones can draw your ear to expect a certain mm-hmm. you know in some ways i feel like it's it's math it's well a lot yeah. of it's math yeah, but it's, it's, it's math. like defining why naturally there is a certain human ear expectation mm-hmm. which can sometimes be derived from stylistically so like you're saying like western european classical theory versus you know african rhythms which could be totally different right and then you know you have this sort of how your ear sets up expectations which like i said some of it's derived from that but then some of it's derived simply from math which is frequencies and rubs and how you know how different notes go together or don't go together i mean and and i don't know that's an interesting question would you say more of it is based on like nurture versus nature. Cause then you take something like Balinese gamelan music mm. and you're like, okay, that is the most what? to us makes no sense at all. <laughs> right. You know, but like if that's what you know, put your dick away. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> He's just flopping that musical thing. Well, there's a, uh, I don't know how we got there, but yeah, there's a, there's a cultural element, meaning right. there's a culture of each style of music that, 
um, sort of defines those expectations. And um, is it safe to say that it's not really definable? Then it is who's teaching it, what it's about, and what the what you're trying to accomplish in the course. Yeah, and, and that's and, why she couldn't explain it. to Well, me. and the who's teaching it could be the culture, like you're saying. Right, it could right. be it could be a tradition. And I think hers was so classically European focused, and the guy was trying to be a dick. That's why she hated it so much, and really couldn't explain it. Sometimes that can happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we've I've, all had bad teachers and coaches. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, necessary Especially, to grow, but really shitty in the moment. Yeah. So now, okay, so just back on the music theory thing. So I, I found myself learning music theory because, like, I, I guess you could say, in in, in the initial years, just self taught where I would sit at the piano and I'd notice like, oh, I can use my ears to figure out a song. And then I'd notice certain patterns. I'm like, oh, if you shift it down, it sounds like the same song, but lower. And then, you know, when, as a music teacher, I find that you have to be like curiously driven in order to learn music theory or else it's just all these like superfluous You gotta wanna learn it. Exactly. And so my my middle school teacher gave me a music theory book and like I just read that and because I was just bored one summer and I started figuring like I didn't have that much yeah yeah no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I read a music theory book right, because right. I was bored right how old were you eighth grade seventh 26 wow. yeah right right no and then and then uh and then from that you're like oh I can solve these musical puzzles in my mind by using music theory as like a tool to kind of aid yeah. my ear does this so, all translate to the whole like there's production and management companies that have a formula for songs and they take people like the chain smokers who started out as DJ production type people and they teach them this little formula for pop songs and it fucking goes I feel like you mm. would have more insight mm. than yeah, us because you have they more. Know. You have more experience in this world than because like I'm pretty relegated to the jazz background, right? Right. So yeah. I haven't done like and and mm. I want to get into this later, but like all the stuff that you guys have done with Sungazer to create this incredible structure and like just to give you a, a kind of a preview, um, Sungazer has literally a set of pre-programmed. Like you guys have computers on Ethernet talking to each other. Yeah, that when he you turns, pointed that out, that was he wild. turns his entire drum kit into a set of like he literally can play two instruments via the drum kit at once mm. via a series of triggers and sensors and things like like it's it's insane Program. what you guys have set up with Sungazer. Like it's unbe- I've never seen anything oh, like. Thanks, it. man. Yeah, and and I it think it's cool. it's so cool. And so like yeah, I'm curious like because you you guys have been in more of that world of being able to kind of like see. Other yeah. things, ju- other than just like traditional jazz, I guess. Right, you know? right. Well, as far as the formulaic aspect of songwriting, I think there's. It depends on who it is because some people are trained in the theory, and others they just have a lot of experience writing songs. So you can absolutely become a great musician without knowing how to read, without knowing what this chord progression is called. Um, so I think it's maybe a combination of study plus whatever your your experience, which is probably the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you write a song a day for 10 years, that experience is so much more valuable than like a set of rules on a test. But you will also come to conclusions. Like you'll, you'll learn tricks that work and you're like, ah, oh, okay, well we did a verse chorus, a verse chorus. Now let's change it up in the bridge. And you know, you know, mm-hmm. these sort of tricks, like we can, bring the dynamics down and then build it up into the last chorus. So you start to learn 
these little tricks. I don't know that you need the theory to do it, but it can help. Well, I've always talked about like you definitely don't need right. theory. Like there are plenty of musicians in history who didn't know jack shit about theory who were amazing. Yeah, I don't think Snoop Dogg knows theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and it's funny, I mean, to bring up hip hop because like, do you know uh, Russ? Russ. Yeah, the producer, uh-huh. hit, like hip hop producer. Like he's he's a dude that did exactly what you were saying. Like. Mm the whole like write a song a day for for mm. 10 years like i don't think it was exactly that but he was basically like, okay i'm either going to make this thing work or i'm not so the only way i'm going to do it is by creating and i forget what the frequency was um if it was a per day or per week or something like mm-hmm. but he produced so much shit yeah. that finally people just started noticing and like mm-hmm. now he's finding some success in that world and like it's because of just like constantly going at it and at it and i don't it's know what is cool it is super well, cool and I, I have no idea what his experience like you know what his knowledge level is in terms of music theory or whatever but uh but it's great stuff and it's like it kind of just goes to show like that's that, well, that exactly well, i think this is something you can definitely relate to with youtube and something that i've talked to adam a lot about is like attaining quality through quantity mm-hmm. i mean you just like the more times you go through that process of filming a video editing it optimizing it for the the algorithm like the more you learn what works and, and you what either I'm a massive proponent of that when I when I would coach football or coach wrestling or fighting anything it's we're gonna do so many fucking reps mm. and they're gonna be awful until they're good mm. and then we can peel the rep we can now we can go for quality over quantity mm. but you have to do it and do it and do it and do it and do it until you see what's good mm. and then the people huh. that can do it really mm. good really quickly are the phenoms mm-hmm. which are the one out of every thousand people you talk to sure yeah I yeah. totally agree with that that's interesting mm. I mean do it it yeah. makes sense that that's like one of those universal principles that mm-hmm. applies to just about anything. I yeah. totally agree. You know what else are universal yeah. principles? Um, <laughs> so uh, we've been doing this segment, uh, not not to not to sidestep too hard, but we've been doing this segment where Jake provides us with his thoughts of the day. All right. And um, they have been. He's he's Jake's writing a book. It's going to contain thoughts of the day and a couple other things that we've been doing. I'm writing the forward. But, we talked about it. Oh, sweet! That's yeah. going to be amazing. Okay, so nobody look at these just it's yet. It's going to make no sense. And um, right. we're gonna we're gonna I'm we're so gonna read scared. Jake's thoughts of the day. So okay, um, who goes? And then and then uh, okay. So uh, who wants to start? I'll go. Okay, Amrock's right. going to start. <laughs> I said not to look at I'm it. Sorry. I'm sorry. Here we go, guys. Jake's thought of the day. Apparently, my sister just bought a twin bassinet. Personally, I think she should have gotten something for her kids, but expressing yourself through music is equally important. What? what? Wait, 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 wait. There's layers to this Did you read bat? that wrong? Hold no, on. no, no, no. Yeah, I'll read it again. No, <laughs> look, I did it. I've read what it's written. Twin you know? bassinet? Yeah. I, like the, apparently... the baby holders. <laughs> The baby is that he's what that dying. Is? I love that, that he's laughing. That Jake is losing his shit over <laughs> oh, here because we're all confused. But is this like Wait. a double meaning, like a bass clarinet? Is it because bassinet sounds like, like an instrument? Like a bassoon yeah. or yes. something? <laughs> yeah. All so right. it's someone that doesn't right. realize all right. All right. she bought it for the kids. Oh right. my god. Right. All right. I'm I think up. it was I think it was funnier that like we all like we're trying to figure oh, it out. Oh, that's the first one that's ever been <laughs> well, written. You see, it's it's funny that like the music snobs didn't didn't get it. No, Vinny I got it. right, right. Vinny that's, got it. That is because I'm outside yeah, looking in. Outside, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, oh my god, jeez. <laughs> okay. The first time I realized I was balding, I was in a supermarket security camera. I look at those things, by the way, and I'm like, what a piece of shit. <laughs> and I'm talking about me. First time I realized I was balding, I was in a supermarket security camera. I was at the self-checkout buying double-stuffed Oreos when I looked up at the security cam and noticed glaring flesh-colored patch near the back of my head. 
I could feel my face flush, my chest tighten as I looked around to see if anyone noticed the patch. Many existential things occur at the supermarket. The security cameras aren't for monitoring theft. They're for making you look as ugly and bald as possible so you can buy more crappy food. It worked on me. I went back in, exchanged the double stuffed Oreos for the mega stuffed Oreos. That's my life, bro. Every fucking time at the King Supers, I look up and I'm like, yeah, you buy those steaks, you fat pig. <laughs> oh that one spoke to me, dude. That's amazing. That's amazing. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're fully no, insulated. Man, it's it's, um, it's so, fine. I, I, <laughs> shave it off, man. It's way easier. Dude, when it happens to me, I'll be bald. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> better to be. all the time, anyways. It's better okay. to be bald than balding. Yeah. But you got, you got, nice, got, you, you got a nice head of hair. I got hair. Italian yeah. You got a nice head of hair, bro. Yes. You keep keep that Keep that shit going. No, that's great. I um, haven't paid for a haircut in years. That's right. actually nice. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That's that is a good point. Um, yeah, there was um, what the hell? Well, never mind. I was gonna say I had something to say about that, but I completely oh. forgot. Let's oh. keep going. Oh well. All right, what do we got here? It's scary to admit, but last year while walking home from the grocery store, I was the victim of a brutal drive-by shooting. Luckily, a stack of frozen pizzas in my backpack saved my life. It's not Kevlar. It's DiGiorno. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I right. like that's pretty good. good. That's dad. It's, it's a drive by dad Kevlar. joke. That's fucking yeah, good. Right, right. right. He's the show to know. It's the show. Oh my God. God. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. One more here. Let's see. Um, <laughs> you know, the only thing that sucks about being an honest Nigerian prince that needs to offload millions of dollars out of the country is that no one believes you when you email them asking for their bank account number. Wait, dude, wait, you guys, not to, I'm, I didn't let the joke breathe and I'm sorry, but I looked in the back of my dad's car yesterday when he pulled up to my house and he had a package with a Nigerian address. And I'm like, motherfucker, no. what are you sending to Nigeria? Too fucking sorry. Yesterday. And he's like, oh, man, my, my friend on Facebook. Wait, 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 wait. You got to oh, give Sean no. some context because his dad is hilarious. Yeah, he's like, you. it's like he's like you don't even know. He's a retired gym teacher that wears Gucci suits, drives an SVR Jaguar F-Pace tricked out. Like, <laughs> and he's literally telling me that his friend in Nigeria from oh, Facebook no. needed these supplies. And I was like, Dad, what's in the box? Yeah. I became what's Brad Pitt. What's in the fucking box? What's in the box? So wait, so it was a package with a Nigerian address? Yes. Wow. Why? This is too and, I'm like, and, and he's like, oh man, my brother, my friend from Facebook needs uh, some supplies for his class. And I was like, you are not sending anything to fucking Nigeria. That is so sus. And I was like, so what? what is it? And he's like, oh, you know, it's some gift cards. And I was like, oh, oh my God. What? Dude. Wow. Yes. And that's why I'm the executor of my mother's estate. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> Holy shit! So yeah. wait, so did he give you the backstory? Like, what happened? They they emailed him. Yeah, fucking Facebook friended him and talked him into some gift cards and made it look like charity. And I'm like, you're not sending that, right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I'll send it for you, <laughs> dude. I'll send it for dad. you. He's like, oh, thanks, brother. I was like, yeah, I'll send this for you. I, I the thing wow. I I love my one of my favorite things uh, interacting with your dad ever has was like 
the uh, the time we went to that car meet and he brought the SVR. Yep. And it was like he had just deleted the resonators. Oh, and, yeah. the, and it was like, this is probably one of the greatest sounding vehicles I've ever heard in my life. It's this. It's wild. It's a, it's a Jaguar You've SUV. You've never it's heard a luxury anything SUV, like it. And it has, this, it has this naturally aspirated V8, which just. No, it's supercharged. Oh, it is yeah, supercharged. Yeah, it's got supercharged. Oh, okay. So it's super. But that doesn't affect the exhaust. No. Is the, pro, is the thing. Because if it was turbocharged, like it would mess it yep. up. But like, so it's, it's. Oh my God. This thing is amazing. And he's got it. Is it straight piped? Oh, it's straight piped. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's got it straight piped, deleted the resonators. It is the loudest SUV I've ever heard in my life. Mm. But it's like a good, like it's it sounds, because mm-hmm. like some cars, you know, they like delete their It doesn't sound like it a sounds, Toyota Corolla that lost its oil right, pan right, over right. its speed Exactly. Yeah. It sounds like a supercar. It's yeah. amazing. Nice. And, and we're at this car meet and some guy in a four-cylinder Mustang, oh, which so admittedly- Admittedly, for what I, it was, for what it was, yeah. I was impressed yeah. because, to me, a four-cylinder Mustang is sacrilege. But like you know, whatever. But so, but your dad, this dude's like revving it, right? And and your your dad hands the keys to one of and my nephew, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's like, he goes, he goes, blow it up, blow it up. I don't care what you got to do, Fucking blow it up, blow it up, blow, blow it the up. Jaguar up, Jackson, blow it up. <laughs> He was like, blow the engine. I don't give a Jackson shit. Gets the car. He was like, <laughs> just bouncing off the rev limiter. Like, oh my God. I was like, this dude spent over 100K on an SUV that was a and fun he doesn't day. give a fuck. That was a fun like, day. Oh, yeah. That was uh, great. Nice. Doesn't that happen Good. regularly? We should go. Yeah, there's another one. I'm actually sponsoring it. Porsche is sponsoring it. So we'll go. Whoa. You were going to fucking tell me about this? Yeah, or what? It's, it's not for like five, six weeks. So okay. yeah, yeah. All right, fine. Yeah, we'll get it done. But yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, we have, uh, uh, we have a brand new segment that we're going to try. This is, uh, this is something we've, we've put out the feelers to, um, put out the feelers to our audience. And, you know, we said, listen, um, we believe that we're, um, we're, we're capable of kind of providing the best advice out there ever. So, uh, why don't, why don't we just let people call in with their, with their life problems, with their issues, with anything they need help with. And, uh, as we, as we demonstrated last week with the new section of Dear Vinny, which was yeah. amazing, um, we are like, you know what? Why don't we open it up to the table and see if we can solve some problems for some people? Huh. So, um, mm. we have um, hopefully we've set up a number. We've got it queued up, and uh, we've hopefully got a bunch of people in the queue ready to go. I mean, how many? How many we got in there, Jake? One. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you are you serious? There's one. Yeah, it's just one. There's one person. Yeah. What's no. what's what's his name? So, Craig's really, we, we put this thing out and there's only one person in there? Okay. All right. Well, no, that's fine. That's fine. We'll, uh, you know, damn. Um, Where's okay. the audio going to well, come from? Well, um, yeah. we're going we're gonna to talk to Craig, I guess, and we're going to see if we can help Craig with his, his, problems. his problems or something. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's, just, let's just dive into this. Craig, Craig, are you with us? Are you here? Hello, uh, guys. Uh, Charles, is that you? Yes, it is me, Craig. How are you? Thanks for thanks for calling in, man. I I, I really appreciate it. Um, why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us where you're calling from? I'm calling from from Kitchener, Ontario, in Canada. Kitchener, whoa, whoa. Ontario. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, up north. That's crazy, man. What's uh, What's that like? Uh, you know, it's it's pretty warm this time of year, and when it gets colder, it it, it tends to be colder that time of year than when it's colder. <laughs> What's warm for you? Is it uh, like a, a balmy fifty-four? 
Uh, we tend we we deal in Celsius, uh, but it's you know oh, it no. tends to be around you know it, it gets up to thirty degrees Celsius, which in Fahrenheit is a larger number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not entirely sure. Sorry, Craig. We don't we don't mean to laugh. Um, it, but uh, anyways, Craig. Um, uh, by the way, Craig, uh, what's what's your last name? Uh, Craig Craig Sullivan Sullivan. Sullivan. Okay. Um, so, you Craig Sullivan, thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, uh, sorry there. Um, no, th- I just wanted to say thanks for calling in. Um, uh, Craig, what, what can we what can we help you with today? Uh, it's it's nothing really serious. I just you guys were saying that you guys de- you guys are, are good at problem solving. Yeah. Well, we we like to think that we are, and not Celsius to Fahrenheit. Though. Well, aside from uh, that, nothing math related. That's okay. I it, it, this is more of a moral dilemma. Have you guys talked a lot about uh, music today, or has it been more of just kind of a smattering of things? Well, we actually we uh, so our guest today is Sean Crowder. Um, Craig, say hello mm-hmm. to Sean. Hey, Craig. Hey, hey, Sean. How are you, man? Doing good. And that's, uh, that's good. Craig, in case you don't know, Sean is uh, Sean is part of a band called Sungazer with uh, another YouTuber named Adam Neely, and they're really really great. So yeah, we've been talking a little bit about music, and uh, we've oh, covered yeah. some stuff. So yeah, nice. Well, this this has absolutely nothing to do with music. I was just kind of curious. <laughs> I was Great. this is more of a moral thing, and so I was at the the airport, and this happened like a couple of months ago. Uh, you, have you guys ever been to the Toronto Pearson Airport? Yes, sir. Sean has. Yeah. Wow. So YYZ. I was at the. I was at the YYZ. That's the one. So I was Call at the codes. Toronto Pearson Airport. <laughs> it's a rush and, song too. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Do either of you guys, um, this again, do you guys have uh, any like bowel problems? I just uh, my my body's A plus. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Amram's body is, um, is dialed in. You dialed, dialed in this good. I yeah. Well, that, that's good. I'm happy. But like mine tends to be a little, you know, wishy-washy. And so there's times when I'll go to the bathroom, it'll take quite a long period of time. So I was I was into the bathroom. You know, of course, the, the, the airports have been pretty backed up uh, the last little while. Have you been backed, backed up, Craig? Uh, yeah, I was, I was going to make that joke myself, Carl. <laughs> I knew you. I knew you'd be good in there. Um, I, I, I was there a little while ago, and uh, you know they've been pretty backed up, and so was my bum. No, but we. I was there with my girlfriend, and she had to wait. But anyway, I went to the bathroom. And there was a long line in the bathroom uh, that I was waiting to to use the stalls to take a a number two in. And when it came, I was probably waiting there for fifteen minutes. So I was I was kind. Of to burst by the time I got to the when it was my turn and when it opened up when it was my turn the only stall of the six that opened up was the handicap stall and so for this is I guess my first moral question what what would you guys do in this situation I would sit down and go poop you would, go to the hand, you would go to the handicap stall. Well, uh, Craig, was there anybody in a wheelchair that it was that was there? And that's the thing. I looked around and there was nobody in a wheelchair, and mm-hmm. so I, I thought, well, if I'm the next guy, then I should probably go use the handicap stall. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Okay. I think that's okay. If you wouldn't have, somebody else would have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. So I just thought that was probably the best the best course. So I went and I sat down. But well, this is where the, the real moral dilemma comes in: is that I, again, I, you know, tend to use the bathroom for an extended period of time. <clears throat> so I was in there, and I mean, I was taking a real good one, and it was one of my best. So it was taking <laughs> upwards of 25 minutes. I would say 25 minutes or more had passed 
And again, I will. You know, Didn't you have a flight to that, catch? <laughs> I, I had a flight. Yeah, it was a long. It was a long day. I was watching. You know, my girlfriend and I were watching Game of Thrones on the laptop. Bad thing to watch in an airport when there's kids around because there tends to be boobs that come up on your screen, and that's not a good conversation to have with the parents. It's yeah, no, wouldn't recommend it. Um, but anyway, I was in the I was in the bathroom for again an extended period of time. I was I'm not even kidding, probably 25 to 30 minutes until I finished. And then when I got up and it was my turn to walk out, the next person in line was a legless veteran, and he had his arms folded. And he was a, it was a, he was a lovely gentleman, but he was not happy with me uh, uh, when I walked out. And I I kind of almost burst out laughing but also i said sorry and then went to wash my hands i'm just wondering is there anything i could have done or that you guys would have done differently because i felt terrible and i almost felt like i was doing the walk of shame on the way out of the 45 people that were in line yeah i would have take a the, dump craig the only thing you could have done is metamucil on the front end <laughs> so <laughs> i think it's a good it would have been a it would have been a five six minute poop instead of thirty. Yeah, if you would have had some Metamucil kind of the night before. Yeah, it may have been the, the the three burgers I had that morning in the airport, and yeah, probably some fiber would have been good. I think yeah. you're right about that. But yeah, I, I just felt really bad for the guy. Uh, Craig, how long was he in. waiting there? Uh, that's a good question. I never got the chance to ask him. Believe it or not. <laughs> Yeah, that's, a, I, uh, that's a, just a moment where you say thank you for your service. You walk right <laughs> yeah, the fuck I, on. You know what? I think that's a good point. Um, I, I think uh, I should have Craig, said thank you at, uh, at bended knee and then just went on with my day. <laughs> um, Craig, Craig, what, what, how did you handle the situation? What did you, what did you do next? Did you just walk out? I, I kind of went to. I, I, I wanted to get out of there as fast as possible, but instead of getting out of there, I thought it would be wise to uh, instead wash my hands because yeah. I think that would look worse. Not Helps. only am I disrespecting those who serve us, I'm also just walking out with shit hands into the hallway, <laughs> which I think would have been really bad. So I instead uh, washed my hands thoroughly. Uh, and then I think people were still looking at this. When I turned around, I was like, maybe if I wash my hands for 30 seconds, I'll turn around and everyone will have forgotten. Wash the sins. There was, I would say 40% or more of the eyes in line were still looking at me as I left. About a couple of them were laughing and like smiling and I looked and laughed and smiled back, but uh, there was a lot of disapproving smiles or disapproving, yep. uh, you know, look glances rather. Did you? Um, what was the uh, what was the state of the of the stall when you left it? You left it clean. It was it was I would use uh, I would use the term offensively smelly. Uh, That's okay. It was, but not visually yeah, it, not visually disgusting. No, it wasn't visually disgusting. I cleaned well. I mean, it might have been a streak here and there, but like other than that, it was really it was it was kind of a, your standard washroom. I mean, at the Toronto Pearson Airport, you know, you can kind of expect what you're going to expect. Also, but like it was also one of those stalls. Like you know how they have the like you can just look under. Why is that a thing where you can just look under stalls and well, just see? It's so that kids can look under and see grown men pooping and say, "Are you almost finished?" That's been my experience of fucking airports. But Craig, let me back up a second. Me, that has actually happened to me. What do you do in that situation, too? Like I, I don't think, you know, what, what, what did you do in that situation? When a this child looked under. For you. So say that again. When, are you talking about when a child looked under the stall? Yeah. So you have to be very firm to not get in any weird gray area that a child is looking at you potentially nude so yeah. i used words like get the fuck out of here 
because I wanted no gray area that there was any yeah, invitation see. to hang out whatsoever. Yeah. I would rather deal with the father post that comment than yeah. what was my kid doing in your stall. So yes. I'm a big get the fuck out of here guy. I think I think that's right. What if a legless veteran peered under your stall? You give have- you you just look right back at him and say thank you for your service. Okay, well that's good. I think the 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 the, the key here is just thank you for your service. I don't think you'd say that to a child, but I think to any any veteran <laughs> yeah. wrong. Thank you. Well, I mean, you know, a child children are you know they, really they have they serve a purpose for us, and I think that we can thank them for being children and for laughing and playing. Yep. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, you may want to just default to thanking everybody for their service because I think you know we can just we can generally accept that most people serve some type of purpose right. for somebody. And I think so, that's good. true because you never really know who's a veteran or who's done what. You know, right. I mean, gee right. whiz, I mean, if you just say thank you for your service to everyone, you never can do any wrong. That's true. <laughs> that's that's true. true. You're that's avoiding right. you're avoiding a pot- yeah. you're avoiding a potential uh, awkward situation where you leave that out to somebody who deserves it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Craig. I, I mean, it sounds it sounds like um, you you know it sounds like you got a, a good head on your shoulders. Um, Thank you. And um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I I don't know necessarily how much how much you need us to to tell you to steer you in the right direction because you 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 solved the problem I think in a reasonable way. And I would say next time you just um, um, yeah you, you maybe try not to take you know push a little harder perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know um, what? I think that's. I probably could have done that too. I probably, you know, maybe I was looking. I was taking a little too long in there. And I you got a little headroom before you start busting capillaries, bro. It'll be okay. Yeah, you know, you're right. I think you're right about that. So I appreciate Craig, that very much. And Craig, um, Craig real quick, yeah, no, just as you walked out and everybody's looking at you, just yeah. remember that when you make eye contact with people you don't know and you refuse mm-hmm. to break the line. You usually win that stare down. Mm. That is a pretty yeah. So I, you I should have walked out of there and just washed your hands like behind your back, staring at everybody. Yeah, and just been like, "This is me. This bad. is what I'm doing." That's right. a pretty big power move. I, I do that with my chance. grandmother sometimes, and she gets scared. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, she. You know, I, I think that's a good. That's a good point as well. Before I thank her for her service. Yeah, but so. It's that, yeah. Okay. Well, this has been great, guys. Thank you for this. This is well, I will, you know, next time that happens, I will definitely do that. This is practical. Well, Craig, um, I want to th- I want to thank you for for using our hotline today and uh, for for calling in because uh, it turns out I guess you were the the only person, but that's okay because oh, no we're worries. happy we're happy to be here. We're happy to help you out. We're happy to solve your problems for you. And uh, you just you just give us a call back anytime you need uh, you need further advice for anything. Well, sure thing. I enjoy. I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed getting the advice. And I mean, it sounds like you don't. You're not too uh, blocked up with calls. So I might call in again. Who knows? <laughs> and thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Holy shit! Okay. Well, that was Craig. Um, <clears throat> wow. Never doing that again. That was um, <laughs> so yeah, moving right yeah. on. Yeah, um, we uh, we should go into our while we're on the advice subject. We should go into our one of our favorite segments on the podcast. Ooh. This is Dear Vinny. We thought oh, yeah. we thought it would be a good idea because um, we obviously everybody knows about Dear Abby and, and all those types of things. But I said we have a resident three hundred and fifty pound monster who has a lot of life experience, including being being a fighter and all kinds of things. So um, this seems like the perfect opportunity for somebody who should provide life advice for relationship advice, whatever people need, Um, you know, and we tried the segment last week and it was shockingly insightful. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do a a section of dear Vinny 
I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. And uh, Amram, we'll start with you. Okay. And uh, what? The, now, this is these are real people. I've never these seen these. These are real this. people yeah. who have submitted these for Vinny, and okay. um, from our audience. So, cool. so right. let's let's. Uh, who's this from? Uh, Dawson from Yukon, Canada. Hey, all right. Canadian. Hey, Vinny. I've had many close friends in my life, and time after time, they hurt me emotionally and eventually break up with me. What am I doing wrong here? Am I the problem, or am I just picking the wrong friends? How can I find the right ones? Hmm. There's a lot of context missing from that, I feel. Yeah. Friends, right? Not boyfriends or girlfriends. Friends. You're allowing yourself to be hurt. That's the first thing. Because your friends shouldn't be able to hurt you that way. Mm. This, that's why I asked if it was friends or girlfriends or boyfriends. Mm. We allow ourselves to be vulnerable to a point where we get emotionally hurt by people we are super intimate with, which should be our partners or people that we're being intimate with. So if your friends continually hurt you, you have the wrong type of relationship that they are not reciprocating. I'd be willing to bet those people don't even know they're hurting this person the way they are. Because mm. hmm. if... if I don't know about you guys, but the only person that can really hurt me is my wife, because mm. that's who I'm intimate with. Yeah. Now, if it, it could be a mix of both. Like, you could be picking shitty friends, so I don't want to say it's all on this person, mm-hmm. but with my friends specifically, it, they only hurt me as, mu- as much as I allow them to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Even my best friends for life, I don't... They can say something shitty to me and fight with me, and I don't go cry in my car about it. I'm like, oh, well, fucking Eric's being a dick today. <laughs> Check in tomorrow. <clears throat> So I think definitely there's wrong expectations on what a friend the only, is. The only additional thing there is that there's the additional uh, um, detail of, and then they eventually break up. break up, which that's an that's why I got confused. Well, right. yes, and is that's that a, a, Is that a red flag? Like friends breaking up? I mean, well, obviously friends come and go. Yes, but, can, but usually it's not official. Right. You know what I mean? Like usually, yes. usually it's just like, oh, I haven't talked to so and so in a long Their time. Expecta- Dawson's expectation is incorrect for friendship. That sounds Maybe. like intimate relationships. But I wonder if these, if 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 he's saying um, she, oh, uh, Dawson. I, well, it doesn't matter. Um, if they are saying that uh, break up with me, is this a consistent thing that's happening time and time again? Right, I don't know. Yeah, because like that would be interesting, and that might be—I don't know. Would that be indicative of like a weird sort of setup from the beginning? Expectations. Like, yeah, I guess that's it's true. all expectations. Yeah, Relationships yeah. are expectations. Yeah. Period. Has anybody ever had a friend break up with them in that way? Like, be I've like, had a friend hey, be like, "Hey, this we're is not going to be friends anymore." Yeah, I've had really. A, I've had a friend be like, "Hey, like I was going to come to this, but I'm not because of X, Y, Z," and they gave me this whole diatribe, and I was like, "I'm not fucking you. I don't care." But that's, that's like get the fuck out of here. It, but is that different? Is that somebody saying like, "Hey, we can't be friends anymore"? It, to a point, because after that weird shit, I was like, uh, "We don't need to hang out." <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. So, but that—that's why I asked you. The very first yeah. question was, "Are we talking about boyfriends and girlfriends?" Or are we? Mm, yeah, right. That's so. Yeah, Dawson, your expectations are completely incorrect. No. Friends are there to fill gaps in your emotional needs, not to be your bedrock. Mm. Your bedrocks for your wife, your partner, your husband, them, her, she, whatever. That's where that comes from. Hmm. I like that. some people it comes study. from faith, some people it comes from relationships. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that, yeah, it's a wrong expectation. You had a friend for break up with you, like intentionally, like specifically. I feel like, oh yeah, in uh, in ninth grade, it really, was, it was school marching band, and um, <laughs> right, and so the context was that <clears throat> my friend confided in me that he liked this girl. Uh, let's call her Sam, and uh, and it was the 
championship um, marching band like uh, yeah, final yeah. round thing, right? And uh, we had a coach bus, and uh, for whatever reason, I don't remember, but like I sat next to her on the bus, and then he's like. I'm not your friend anymore. <laughs> like essentially, <laughs> yeah. And you're what? Fourteen? Yeah, ninth grade. Ninth grade. By the way, yeah. last thing I'll say to Doss is, if your friends are breaking up with you, they were never really your friends. That was a totally different kind of relationship. Seems like an odd thing to happen. Yeah, I don't, th- I could- I don't think I've ever had. I've never had a person say like. Oh, we're, we can't be friends anymore. Right. Like right. specifically. I wonder. I wonder <laughs> if Dawson could write back and explain it more. Yeah. Because this sounds like relationships, not just friendships. Mm, interesting. Right. Big yeah. fucking difference. Yeah. Does that ever happened to you? No, I mean I think the closest thing I've had is there was a um, a musician that I was working with who is uh, from Japan, and without getting into the details, some weirdness happened with the the business side of things mm. with the artist that we were both playing for. Oh, gotcha. And. So she left the band, but by extension, cut off contact with everybody else that was associated oh, with that group. Which, interesting. Uh, Dylan, you lived in Japan. Maybe you can, I know you're not on mic, but you might be able to comment on that, which is, that is a thing that happens culturally in, in Japan. Really? Wow. Yeah. Dylan's saying, yes, it is. That's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. So just like total like cut off of communication and being like, okay, I'm just going to end this. Yeah. Here. Whereas yeah. like if huh. you and I were playing, let's say we're backing up. Uh, an artist Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason you get fed up and you quit the bands like you and i can still be buddies right Right. yeah exactly but okay huh wow that's fascinating why why such like to an extreme like like you're it's it's the artist that's in question that you're yeah we're still yeah in japan there's there's a big emphasis on the group like the community rather than the individual So the group is more important to you, and that's on a micro scale, like your family, protecting Mm. your family's name and reputation. Um, So that's where some of that comes Hmm. from. Like, you don't want to be associated with any any bad stuff. Mm. But, you know, it extends countrywide as well. Wow. Huh. Well, that's really interesting. Um, uh, We have uh, have one more, Dear Vinny. I think you have it. Let's do it. Um, Indeed. That's that's, uh, Jake's thoughts. (laughs) All right. So this is from Andrew in California. Dear Vinny, how do you judge the quality of a good piece of media like movies, books, etc.? Oh, yeah, that's tough because we all get sucked into Rotten Tomatoes scores and IMDb scores and audience scores. I try to not judge books by its cover, but then I see something on a Netflix screen that their graphic is better than the next one. Mm. So I guess if they're asking how I judge it, are we talking pre-watching or post-watching or during? It's like you judge Netflix by its autoplay preview. Well, I mean, give give the thumbnail. Give us both, like pre and post. I wait, wait. Let, let's phrase this in a different way because this is particularly useful for Sean and I. How do you decide what YouTube videos to watch? brilliant there's a lot to do with not just the what the opening screen looks like but what it's called because if you can't tell me what i'm about to watch i ain't clicking to find out how much like how specific do you want that to be like do you want to essentially know the entire premise of the video before you click on it not the entire premise but i want to know how it starts at least so if if it's like why the Model X is a terrible car. I don't give a fuck about that because that just sounds like you've already told me what you, you think of it. If it was if it was my thoughtful review of a Model X, 
I'm into it. I'll check it out. That's fascinating because mm. I feel like the data suggests the opposite. And it might, definitely. Because like uh, so often what we see is um and and actually I learned this from uh my buddy Daniel Thrasher who's uh, really great. Killing um, it. Yeah, un- unbelievable creator. Um and he had he was doing this thing where he would tell he would set up the joke of the video with the title but the punchline would be the text in the thumbnail so it's like you you or or at least like hmm. how the question proposed in the title was answered would be in the thumbnail so essentially you were you already knew what the premise of the video was but you would click on it anyways because you wanted to see how it played out yeah so so by that logic hmm. you could say that somebody saying why the model x is a terrible car would actually get a lot more clicks because you'd, you'd be doing two things. You'd be getting clicks from people who are like, yeah, the Model X is a terrible car and I want to be validated in my opinions. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who are like, fuck you, the Model X is amazing and I just want to get angry and see why this guy's wrong. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know? And so like you get those two things, but you already know what the premise of the video is. Mm-hmm. You're just like finding out how it plays out. Yeah. It's, you know? it's the whole idea of anti-clickbait. Yeah, where basically. You, you give the answer in the video, but what's what's interesting isn't the answer, but the how you got there mm-hmm. yeah. it's like 100 that yeah. sparks your do you uh, feel like that curiosity. translates to movies and stuff like do you like that uh, what do you, like what type of trailer will what make you want to watch a movie versus make you want to not so just i guess i'm the anti clickbait but i'm actually the anti clickbait guy like whereas when i look at movies or i i, I try to look at Who's in it? What's the most unique thing about it? What's the premise of the plot line? I've noticed like Netflix movies that they're making, they are literally dog shit. They're not just kind of bad. They're actually poor productions, shitty fucking stuff. The writing's dog shit. Day Shift with Jamie Foxx? Are you fucking kidding me? Like it's it's so bad. The contractor with Chris Pine, like these are awful fucking movies. <laughs> so I, I think one of the biggest... So I'll answer the question right now. If it was made specifically for Netflix, Amazon, I have a massive red flag. Really? Because okay. I truly believe they are doling those fucking movies out like a drug dealer just to give people their fixes. Right. Okay. If it is a if it's from a, a big production company, they try to do a theatrical release, they try to do the press fucking rundown, I will give that a shot any day of the week before some bullshit made for Amazon Prime. What about something like the boys have you watched the boys yeah and it's it's but that's a series right so oh, so you're you series are totally are different, different. Oh. i'm talking just for movies I see. if it's made for cable basically remember you. the mm. term straight to dvd yeah yeah that's what these fucking movies yeah, are yeah, they, they just have everybody out. fucking tricked yeah but these are like half-rate bad writing terrible acting bullshit <laughs> movies <laughs> just going on. it's terrible but the series is series they're investing way more into That's that true. shit. That's yeah. true. So yeah. the series I will give, if we're talking just looking at series, I will look at highest rated series, trending series, and see what is the hottest series because if somebody's willing to watch 10 fucking hours of it and give it a good rating, yeah. way easier to yeah. decipher a rating on a series than a movie. You know what I find myself doing most of the time? I will ignore Rotten Tomatoes and I'll go straight to the Google users. So yeah. like it says like Rotten Tomatoes, this score, but then it says... X percent of Google users liked this movie or whatever okay. it is. Because to me, like the Rotten Tomatoes is all like the critics and like that's all bullshit because they have fucking stupid like 
you know, it's the stuff that's going to get nominated for Oscars yeah. and stuff like that, like, which is all just like super pretentious bullshit. And like, but the Google users rating, that's real people. That's right. like real people who are like, this is great. Yeah. You know, and it's like pretty mm. rare. It's oftentimes I feel like you see the opposite. It's like the mm. Rotten Tomatoes score is bad. Usually the, the Google reviews are good. I, I've know? noticed that. Like, yep. yeah, if mm. critics didn't like it, chances are like people generally did. Right, you know, and there's right. some things that are outliers where like everyone hated it, you know, but yeah. Like the new Ghostbusters, but, but like, you know, but there's, but you know, oftentimes I feel like there's a big disparity between those two, those two scores, you know? Yep. Um, but, uh, I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about, because I, I, I want to dive into how you guys, uh, set this sure. Sundayzer stuff up because Absolutely. this to me is fascinating. And when I watched it happen, like from the stage, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Cause like, yeah. so, you know, just to paint the picture, you guys can perform your entire show with just you and Adam. Correct. Yeah. And and I know like most of the time you want to have, you know, keys and a horn. Like, it's more fun with yeah, other people. Yeah, for sure. But like it's possible yes. to do it just the two of you. Yeah. And when and if you and if any, if anybody's heard Sungazer's music, you'd be like, Are you kidding me? This can be done with two people. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. if you could just like I, I would love to kind of hear like your sort of summary of how this thing is set up. Yeah. From, a, from a perspective of like the tech that's involved with it and how you run it in a live setting. Definitely. Um, yeah, this is... I know that's like a super loaded question. But. It is. I'll, I'll give the, the short answer first and then we can dive into any details you sure. want to hit. Sure, yeah. So essentially, we have uh, usually three or four musicians on stage. But like you said, Adam and I can run the show ourselves as a duo. So in the simplest form, it's bass, drums, and two computers. And... Most of the sounds are coming out of uh, Adam's computer. And then I've got all of my stuff that's tied to the drums coming out of my laptop. Mm-hmm. But our our computers are connected via Ethernet, and they're communicating with each other so that, for example, my sounds will change automatically. Which me That just means, and I listened to your episode with Anomaly, which mm. I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. great. Um, and I think he d- does the same thing where you automate the patch changes so that you can just focus on playing music and the sounds will change around you. And that way you don't have to like reach over with one hand behind you and yeah. turn knobs and you know all of that while you're playing some complicated things. So um, yeah, I, that's I guess the short answer is that we each have a laptop, but then it gets more complicated because I have drum triggers running into the laptop and a drum trigger is just a sensor on the drum that picks up the vibration. And it translates that into an electrical signal, which can be converted into MIDI, uh, which you can then use to control anything. That's cool. So I can play a synthesizer with the drums, I, a low note on the bass drum, a high note on the snare, yeah. and whatever else I want in between. And then the rabbit hole just goes down from there. That's cool. Yeah. So it's like you can be playing drums and theoretically piano or some type of keyboard synthesizer yes. like at the same time. Yeah. You know, which is fascinating because then it's like there's a whole decision making process that you probably have to go through of like how do you decide what note to attach to each yes. trigger? Right, right, right. You know, because yeah. it's like do I want the bass drum to trigger an E flat? Yeah. You know, and why? And then like does that now <laughs> Yeah. I'm already kind of going down the rabbit hole. Can that change in an automated fashion yes, throughout yeah, the yeah. so that's, that's so where you I was can, going so, so you can go from chord to chord almost yes <laughs> so we can improvise so over crazy. changes with this oh which my god be, so we're, we're tied to a click track because yep. you, you have to sure. in this scenario yeah, 
um, which means that we're tied to, let's say, a four-bar loop. And it's not, you're not hearing the four bars, but it's programmed in like the first measure is C and the mm-hmm. next one's F and mm-hmm. whatever the chords mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And then any rhythm I play within that will be improvised, but it'll follow the chord changes. That's, cool. that's so, so wild. Yeah, yeah. And so that, yeah. Oh, that's how, where the programming gets really complicated. Yeah. But. Oh my God. So how much time, how oh much time was spent? <laughs> just so like much. Opening up the, so the, much. the gates of hell. Like, yeah. Like how long did it, did you guys work to build this? And also things don't inherently exist Unless they do. But my understanding is like programs in terms of software yeah. don't necessarily inherently exist that say, here's how to do this. So like you right, guys had right, to right. figure out how to hijack the functionality of a yeah. different piece of software to get it to do this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like how so, long did that process take? Well, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've been working with electronics in one form or another for 10 years. Yeah. And it started out very simple. Like Adam wanted some pedals. You know, like the OC2 is an octave pedal, so it, it makes your bass sound like a synth. And I bought this Roland Octopad, which is a really simple drum machine that has built-in sounds, you know, like bongos and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, cowbells yeah, yeah. and stuff. You can't customize anything, really. Uh, you just use what's on there. And that was kind of like the introduction to that. And it had electronic drum sounds as well. From there, um, I sold the Octopad and bought a Roland SBD-SX, which is what I still use now. Just like the big boy version of that. You can put your own sounds on on it, and like all the big touring drummers use that, you know, like, for, for like pop the, acts and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's the thing, it's it's a piece of gear that has like pads on it that yeah, you can strike. Yeah, it's got nine mm-hmm. pads. Yeah. It's got built-in effects like reverb and delay mm-hmm. and stuff you can turn on and off. Mm. <clears throat> but it can also act as a MIDI controller, and that's the third level. And so now we're getting into territory where the drum triggers from the acoustic drums are going into this Roland box, Mm. going out of it via a MIDI cable into the computer. And then inside the software, we can do anything we want. And that's where you start playing synthesizers in Ableton via the drums. So you just, so essentially you're you're using this to just, to get a MIDI signal. Essentially, yeah. And then it sends it to the computer, but you can apply that MIDI signal to any patch that you want. Anything, yeah, right. That's yeah, yeah. And that's where shit gets crazy. Yes, and then. But then you have to. T- then you have to well, have that computer tell. That could the computer then has to, has to decide what patch to put in that place, yes. which is where you can program it to change throughout the track. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right, and then there's another element, which is the arrangement of the songs. And that, that is one place where we use this um, workaround, like you're talking about. The software isn't really designed for this, but we made it work anyway, where we can loop certain sections if we want, or we can just play straight through the song. Mm-hmm. So that it gives us a lot of flexibility. Like, we're going to play through the whole song until the solo, mm-hmm. and then we'll just loop that as long as we want. Because this gives you opportunity to improvise. Right, yeah. Track. This, like, mm-hmm. allows us to go back to our jazz roots. Right, and, which, you know, which, if, you know, for anybody listening, like, the idea of, okay, we have a click track, and we're going to play this tune, you would, you would not inherently expect that there would be an opportunity for improvisation within that, because just by the nature of it being a click track from beginning to end, you're going to be where you are in the song no matter what till the end. Mm-hmm. But this is interesting because it allows mm-hmm. you to open that up and to loop that section. Yes. What is the actual switch that you use to trigger the loop to start and then to move on? 
Well, it starts automatically. Oh, it so, does. So everything will move. Like all the sections are broken out, like verse, chorus, yep. whatever, in, in the software. They automatically advance. And we use something called IAC driver to do that, which is a built-in functionality in Mac OS X, which basically sends a MIDI signal out of Ableton and back into Ableton. It's really stupid, but that's the way you have to do it. And that MIDI note triggers the next scene. So it's... Huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's really... It's, it's okay. a pain because you got to program all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, so it's almost like you're using a... Um, well, I mean, this is a similar thing in a sense because we have an out going to a limiter, to a mm. compressor limiter, and then it just goes back in mm. before yeah. it sends the signal out. Right. So it, if it, I know it's not quite the same thing, but the idea yeah. of a loop right. yeah. thing that just goes out and right back in before it moves on. Yeah. So you're saying that that in and of itself contains the information to then tell the track what to do next exactly and so, it's, you, you pick a note which is like i don't know the highest note on a keyboard whatever g8 or whatever that would be yeah and that's the note that's dedicated to moving to the next scene and then so just don't accidentally play that while you're improvising right well right if yeah. you want to stay right, in the right, loop. right right i yeah. think it's like beyond what would actually be on a keyboard it's like high enough that it's out oh, of do the you have way to click something. it well <laughs> so it happens a couple ways. First of all, it's programmed into the places that we want it to automatically advance. Okay. But it's also tied to a pedal, like literally a sustain pedal uh, on Adam's side. That yep. Will, he'll so you just have the pedal tied to that one note just on the keyboard. Step and on then, it anywhere in the last measure of the phrase, and it'll go. And on, on the downbeat, it'll advance. Gotcha. To the next thing. Okay. So you can leave it in that loop for as long as you want, and then say, "Okay, ready? Here we go." Moving exactly. on. Exactly. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. And 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 I mean, obviously, this can happen an unlimited number of times within yeah. the within the track. Yeah. Um, wow, that is that's nuts. So you had to then start with the question. You had to ask the question first and say okay, we have this software. I want to do this thing. How yes. do we get the software to do that thing? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. How lost did you feel initially when you said, like, we want to achieve this functionality, Yeah. but we don't know where to start? Or, uh, or, yeah, or, or, yeah, yeah. or did it come from, hey, see this thing that, you guys use Ableton? Yep. See this thing that Ableton is doing? Like, I wonder if it could also do this. Like, what, yeah. how did that come up? I mean, it happens both ways, but most of it is like, we have a need we want to do this like we at the end of the day like yes it's complicated but the reason it we do so much programming is so that when we get on stage we don't have to think about it mm. we don't have to touch the computer and hopefully fingers crossed it all works um and there's a long process of like mm-hmm. ironing ironing out those gremlins that you know that the bugs mm-hmm. but um yeah it's just about need like we want to be able to loop the solo section. How do we do that? You're like, oh, if we want to do that, then it requires that we program the rest of the song and have this automatically advancing scene change thing. Mm. Um, you know, and there's like lots of factors. Like, how do we rehearse this stuff? Hmm. Like, we want to be able to start on verse two wow, if we right, need to work, right. you know, rather than if you're stuck with one audio file that's your backing mm-hmm, track mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. want to start from the beginning of the song every over time and over again to work on section c yeah, yeah so there's there's like all those necessities that factor in how you actually go about doing it have you guys ever talked with the people at ableton yeah because like yeah. i would imagine that this has got to be very interesting for them because you guys are asking the software to do things that it wasn't necessarily designed yeah. to do but you're finding these abilities within it and that's got to be interesting for them to be like, oh, okay, well, can we do something with this? Yeah, well, and I think 
I I may be wrong, but I think in the latest version of Live, they actually may have integrated some version of this automatically advancing thing. I mean, that seems like a very basic feature that should be a part of the software. Um, and they do have some new, uh, I think, follow action functionality. Hmm. They had something like that previously, but it just didn't work the way that we needed it to. Right. So we're still on the old uh, setup because it's been, we've had this file for like, six years or something really? so we're just like it's broken don't fix it that's but, crazy yeah. yeah um but yeah i mean i guess if we were more program minded like if we actually knew how to write code there's like a lot of really cool stuff that we could do with max for live where you can design your own devices i i don't have really any experience with that but that would be something that we could definitely yeah do but you know, my signal chains get insanely complicated for the drums because um, in some cases I am, you know, I'm following the chords, but I might also be randomly generating notes within a certain chord scale. Mm-hmm. And like the programming of that is really intense. So randomly generating meaning like you're you're randomly assigning triggers to different notes all the time based on a chord? Input? Yeah, like let's say I want to hit this stack symbol and i want it to just be random notes but within the key of c mm-hmm. so it changes every time you hit it yeah 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 jesus yeah, yeah. Or, wow. or random chords and that that's also really fun nice. right because you can build multi output yes. you know for a yeah. single note mm-hmm. so that every time you hit a thing it plays a full chord right yeah yeah jesus. i mean a, a lot of this is uh, i mean we're not coming up with this necessarily from scratch like we're very inspired by musicians like zach danziger who's a great drummer uh, played with like Michelle Camilo and mm-hmm. uh, Wayne Krantz and lots of other people, but he's got this uh, this project called Wednesday Night Titans, who we're actually going to be touring with them uh, this fall in the U.S. Oh, sick! September. So um, he's like really taking this drum triggering stuff to the extreme, where he's like playing. He's a one man band essentially with just the drums. Wow! And then yeah. he's got you know another musician on stage, but. Yeah, that's it's, wild. It's nuts. So like we we learned a lot, you know, watching guys like that, watching lots of YouTube t- tutorials about like how do you use Ableton Live because we didn't learn that in college. Like we right, yeah, picked it up ourselves and by watching videos online. So now you guys have been performing um, for a long time, doing this stuff, and the show, the live show, is tight. I mean, it's Thanks, it's man. fantastic, right? But there had to have been a point. It's somewhere somewhere along the line where like something happened and you're like, oh, yeah. I don't know why this is happening right now. Like yeah, what's like some yeah. weird situations you found yourself in when the software either do, does something that you weren't expecting or like it just doesn't work the way you were thinking. Yeah, uh, man, we still run into it occasionally. Like things are pretty dialed in at this point, but even on this last European run, we, um, like Amram, dialed, okay. dialed oh, in yeah, like dialed in, spot. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That being said, um, like we were playing in the UK, uh, I don't know, a month or two ago, and we had an issue where Ableton, uh, and this is horrible, but they, they tried, or the software did an automatic update during the show, That's and it amazing. totally derailed the laptop. Wow. What? Yeah, wow. it's like how on earth like there's a set. <laughs> how that, is that yeah. even possible? And how is that the default setting? That's right, what right. like if right. Ableton. If you're listening, like that Holy should not shit. be the default right. setting. Um, so, <laughs> so what did everything just stop? Yeah, everything stopped. <gasps> so we were playing like first song or two <laughs> went fine, and then we started 
you know, the third song and it just stuck on a loop of the first section. And we're like, oh shit, this is not good. Wow. So, so we, like the we, audio didn't stop, stop. It just stopped go- progressing through the track. Yes, program, which is yeah. just as bad. I mean, did you guys just keep playing? We kept playing for a while. We thought, like, let's try and save this, you know, let's yeah. be musicians. And then at a certain point, we just had to, to stop it and, like, tell the audience, mm. yeah, so we're having some issues Did here. you figure out immediately what was going on? No, it took took a little bit. Adam took, like, a one-handed bass solo for a while while he was, like, working, the working the mouse with yeah, the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it was, it's not yeah. fun. Cause it was also like a packed show, like 500 people oh, sold out. Yeah, like, right. this is so embarrassing. Oh, it's like man. not our fault, but you know, still we're responsible. So it, it still happens like things that you could never foresee like that. Yeah. Um, and so the only way to, to get through it is just like test it a million ways. Yeah. Right. That being said, one of the cool things that happened in that show is that we ended up just improvising a lot, uh, in the middle of the show, we eventually got the laptop working and like finished the rest of the songs. But we had a good chunk there where we were just jamming the three of us, um, Adam and I and Pierre on on keys. Mm. And that was really fun because it forced us to explore new territory. Yeah, totally. And sometimes like being thrown into a situation like that can show you possibilities you didn't either didn't know were there or didn't have the courage to explore yep. because you want to play it safe. You know, yeah. okay, this works, but... Course, yeah, sometimes being like yeah. forced into a situation, it, it forces you to to come up with something new and, you know, it gives you the courage to like do something a little bit risky, musically speaking, and that can actually be really cool. So then when you go back the next time, like, okay, I know we've got this other place we can go. Yeah, it's like this new thing happens and now it's a piece of your arsenal that yeah. you can revisit later or even hone in and figure out, okay, why did that, why was that a cool place to go from there? Yeah, you so. know, it's, it, it's interesting and like, um, <laughs> not not to not I, to make this an ad read of any kind, but like, I no no, but it, it but it, no, it's legitimately interesting. I think because <laughs> so um, we've we've been having uh, one of my professors from Purchase has actually been doing a couple of courses on the academy with us, and he uh, he wanted to do this one recently that was like all based on he called it we're calling it the improv obstacle course, but what it is is it's is it's like it's just like a set of limitations so that mm. every there's 30 exercises. And so he'll say like, okay, for one exercise, it'll be for each chord. Like you play um, a big interval up and then a small interval down. Mm. And then you can play, um, you know, you can play one of these lines per, for one chord and then one for the next, or you can sit out a chord or you can play both for every chord. And so mm. it's like forces you to think in this entirely different way of like, am I going to go do, 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 or like, how, mm-hmm. how are you going to play those, those things? But because I feel like so, so much of what happens so much of the time, and I've felt like this a lot, which is you wind up developing this vocabulary, this arsenal yep. of things that you revisit constantly as an improviser. And what ends up happening is, you just get bored. You just get right. bored with your own playing. And you're just like, I'm playing the same things every time. And like this chord to this chord, like I always sound like this. And like, I just don't mm-hmm. like the way I sound. And it becomes this thing where it's like, it's all based on this autopilot vocabulary that you've built. And so when you insert these limitations or when you insert something mm-hmm. like you're, what you're talking about with this extended period of like, okay, well, we can't just keep doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. We've got to try something else. So yeah. take a chance, try this different thing and fundamentally just get rid of these limitations that you have mm. in your mind of like, 
I have to play this certain line because I know it always works in this particular place, like whatever it is, you can open up some weird doors that you never knew were there. I'm a huge fan of using limitations to spark creativity. Mm -hmm. It sounds counterintuitive if you're not familiar with that concept. You're like, oh, limitations. I want to have the complete freedom to do whatever, but if you can do anything, then it's just overwhelming. So if you can really dial in, okay, I'm going to play one note up and then one note down, whatever the, the scheme is, you're like, oh, okay, now I have to actually think about what I'm doing and that'll force you to develop new vocabulary. I got to do a lesson one time with Taylor Eichstey mm. and um, he's an incredible piano player and um, he, I was playing some stuff and he stopped me and he was like, all right, uh, you can only use fingers two and three mm-hmm. on your right hand. Mm. And I was like, oh shit. Because <laughs> now I've got to try to play creative sounding lines and things that sound like melodic, yeah. but I, can, I can't I can do the same stuff I normally do on the, on the keys. Right. I've got to figure out how to do it just this way. And you, it's a whole different thing. For sure. You yeah. know? That's um, cool. Another time I took a lesson um, and uh, this, uh, I took a lesson with the, you know, Gerald Clayton. Uh, a great, yeah. great piano player. Okay. Um, actually, John Clayton's son. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, phenomenal piano player. But he was like, he told me, he was like, all right, get up. He's like, I'm going to play and you're going to sing. Mm. I was like, yo, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you just, you think of totally different stuff. Yeah. When you're forced to just sing it and not just, re- re- you know. Muscle memory. It, yeah. Not Correct. just use the muscle memory stuff. Like mm. you are forced to completely create stuff from scratch and you realize like okay my the ideas that are actually in my ear are different mm. than the shit that i find myself playing constantly interesting you know yeah, yeah. and so that was an interesting limitation that for sure yeah, yeah i don't know what did you like what what did your teachers have you do that yeah. explored that sort of well you know so i had i had a whole bunch of teachers and like there's that one guy senior year he uh, so first, I think John Fedchok was was like the teacher for trombone, but like he was sick this particular year, so they had this classical guy that also knew how to play jazz uh, come in and, and teach, and he was just like, "Look, I just want you to just play, just go up every line that you do, just go up, and then every line that you do, just go down." Mm-hmm. Because I was playing the same shapes and I was playing yep. within a box, you know, and I was like, "Oh fuck, how can I get my box to to fit this?" Um, with this concept of going up or going down, you know, and then really, then once I got that, then, then I really went out to New York and listened to things that I actually liked and formed like an emotional connection of like, oh, that's how I want to sound like this way or this aspect of the blues or this aspect of, you know, negative space or positive space in terms of playing and when to play. Um, And then I'm like, and then I, and then I had the fortunate chance of like sitting in with those people that I really liked hearing. And I'm like, oh, so now now that I have the technical ability to move around my instrument, and now that I have the technical ability to hear X, Y, and Z, now I can just simply stand on the bandstand and just try to emulate in the way that I know how. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like that. Yeah. I, have a, I have a question for you, because I'm curious, because we have found with a lot of the stuff that we talk about, that the parallels across, you know, to things like whether it's fighting, athletics, like uh, fighting is an obvious one, but especially like football, the whole concept of the impro- in the, the the level of improvisation that we're talking about, ha- does that happen? 
Like, because I, I mean, it, you'd figure, obviously, a lot of things are based on predetermined plays, but things don't always go the way you think they're going to go. Pass rushing is an art form. And we will tell kids that are good enough to do these drills, you only get to use your right hand this play. Mm. And they have to pin their left hand to their body, and they have to pass rush on the outside and figure out a way to use one hand to get by this giant man. Hmm. And the stuff that the limitations that you've created create some of the most creative shit you've ever seen. Hmm. Because now this kid, instead of just bull rushing and using his strength, is trying to be quicker around the edge. He gets a little lower, he gets a little faster. And now we're like, now use both hands. And it's art. It's unfucking believable. Yeah. I could show you highlight videos of people getting around people and it's dance. Yeah, it's no, that's wild crazy. shit, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. So it's all the same. Everything you're saying is the same. Yeah. It's yeah. how how can your coach push you to a point where you don't just go back to your vocabulary that you already know, where I know push pull was my best move. I would bull rush you, you'd set your feet in the ground thinking I'm coming at you, and I'd pull you on your face, go right by you. Yeah. So how do I not just practice that all the time? Yeah. So then I would do things I'm uncomfortable with, the one-handed rush, the tilt and dump, all that kind of stuff. So it's all the same shit. Yeah. Everything you're saying, you yeah. can just change three words here or there, and it's you're talking about fucking teaching defensive line. What Correct. sort of limitations would you, like, in, a, in the context of fighting, like, how do you introduce those limita- limitations when you're training? You That's different. You would never tell somebody you can only fight with one hand because right. that's just dangerous. Yeah. It would be more like, we're going to get you so fucking tired you can barely stand up, gotcha. and now we're going to send three guys at you. Every 30 seconds, they're going to change. So fresh guys coming at you, fresh guys coming at you. So the limitation is now your cardiovascular uh, health, basically. Yeah, sure. You're, you're so fucking tired, you can't do everything you're normally supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So you better get smart, because you can't be fast, you can't be powerful, you better get smart. So mm-hmm. the limitations come in the in the realm of we're going to get you so tired, you can't stand up, basically, and keep sending people at you. So now you need to be the smartest fighter in the room, not mm-hmm. the most, not the quickest, not the strongest, not the best. So those are the kind of limitations you'd pass in fighting. Well, and it's interesting because yeah. the, the improvisational aspect of fighting is, I mean, that's obvious, yeah. right? Because it's 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 a dance, yeah. you know, and it's it's this constant, like, having to interpret. What, Martial arts. Yeah, it's just having to interpret what mm-hmm. your opponent is doing. You know, and so that's that's a fascinating kind of crossover. Like, and, and I find it's always cool to like, like you know, I wonder. Obviously, uh, aside from the super technical things that we might be talking about, but some of the greater concepts in the improvisation that we're talking about here must be triggering. You know, for in your mind, like sort of the relationships across, you know, the different things that that you do where this is applicable. Of course, you know, because like, I don't know. It, it's always interesting to put this. To put the com the conversation about these improvisational concepts into a different perspective, because then it's like changes the way you think about your own thing. So it's almost like if you imagine that, you know, creating that limitation for for um, like pass rushing, like yeah. Now you think about that in a musical context, and you're like, oh, huh. people watch football and they they literally think it's just people running into each other. It literally couldn't be further from the truth. When you see a boring play where the middle linebacker goes straight through an, an opposite A-gap and tackles a dude for a one-yard loss, and the crowd's like, huh. I see that, and I'm like, holy shit. He watched that guard step that direction and knew there was going to be 12 inches right now if I go to get right through that opposite mm-hmm. A-gap. And if he hands that ball off, I'm the fucking hero. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's smart. It's art. It's yeah. everything. It's I read his feet. I'm reading the music. I saw an opening. I took it. I took a risk. I went through and everybody cheered for me. So it's it's this amazing thing. It's like it's all the same shit. 
It's like the death metal comment I made earlier. Yeah. People listen to death metal, who the fuck is this? It's like, well, you just don't know what you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of it's insanely yeah, yeah, difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all the same. What, what, where have the, like, a lot of the influences for you guys come from? Because you, you, clearly you have influences from so many different yeah, I got to yeah. pause real quick. I have bad news. I have to go by two. I'm very sorry. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. All good. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's all the music we like, which is a lot of stuff. So we studied jazz, but we also grew up listening to Rage Against the Machine. Right. And, uh, you know, there's electronic influences. So we like... I, I don't know if you can call the music jazz. It kind of gets thrown into that category, and it is sort of related. But it's really the improvisational element that we're borrowing from jazz put into the soundscape of, of electronic music, mm. but also with like our the aggression sometimes of metal. Yeah, you know, We've totally. had these sort mm-hmm. of metal breakdowns kind of disguised as video game y- music. Y- right, yes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different influences. I feel like I've but, heard somebody yeah. describe Sungazer that way, like manic jazz video game, like craziness in you know in some like way. which is super cool. It's amazing, yeah. right? I like to think it's it's a prog metal band disguised as video game. There you so, go. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, great. Yeah. I like that. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. So I mean, Adam and I are, are big like fusion fans, mm-hmm. jazz fusion from the '70s and '80s, and like Weather Report and sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Mavis Classic New Orchestra. Stuff. Yeah, but then all of this other stuff. So it just, it comes out naturally because it's just like, I don't know, this is the stuff we like. So it just ends up coming through us. Yeah. Well, it comes so. through very clearly, and yep. it's fucking amazing. Thank you. Um, Thanks, dude. It's fucking great. I want to I want to wrap this up, and I know Vinny's got to go um, with one of our favorite segments. And this is always mm. our uh, this is always a fun segment when we have a musician on the channel, because um, oh, this is <laughs> this is a segment we like to call bad music advice. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So uh, I can't just, give good advice, so this is great. <laughs> just to give you the rundown of how this works. So Jake is uh, not educated in music theory on an in-depth level i hate to say jake doesn't know anything about theory because he's not (laughs) clueless he knows some stuff and he actually plays the piano really well but uh he just you know he doesn't have i would say the 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 level of education that that probably the three of us do when it comes to the level of education that we do it sounds like such a fucking pretentious thing here i am trying to make jake sound like i'm like no 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 he knows what he's talking about no but he's an idiot oh my god (laughs) (laughs) unlike us (laughs) anyways so this is one of our favorite segments this is bad music advice okay oh god oh no there we go this is the definition and ex- full explanation of a sextet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's trying to figure out what yeah. it actually is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a sextet is a group of musicians who have aligned all of their chakras and come to the realization that the peak purpose of everything in life, especially music, is sex and free love, and who make music that's perfect for fucking. They aligned all their genitals. Okay. We're going to wind up with a hot tub in the basement and a pile full of Polaroids falling out of the ceiling. Many jazz musicians haven't received the memo on this and are instantly, and and instead of making sexual tunes people can gyrate to, they opt to create the most unnecessarily complicated and unlistenable tunes in history for reasons which remain a mystery. He gets it. (laughs) 
He gets it. It does happen. Oh my god! <laughs> the first jazz musicians to become enlightened to the truth and form the first sextet were the Backstreet Boys in 1993. Brilliant. They performed their hit single "We've Got It Going On" for the first time at the Grand Ole Opry on Christmas Day of '96. <laughs> All of the concert goers' third eyes were instantly opened, and the official Guinness World Records largest orgy of people dressed in Santa and Rudolph costumes. Oh uh, yeah. Jesus wow. Christ. Unfortunately, all of the Backstreet Boys died in 2002 from dehydration due to a lack of Powerade during a marathon <laughs> performance at the Village Vanguard. That's good, man. There was an attempt at a sextet renaissance in the years that followed with the formation of groups like the Justin Bieber Big Band. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, but this movement was ultimately unsuccessful because no one wanted to have sex to these testicle and ovary piercing songs. Oh my God. Sex tats are still rare in today's oppressed society. A chicken or the egg scenario ensues. No one fucks like they mean it anymore. <laughs> this is partly due to TikTok, anime, and chemicals in the water, but also because it's hard to find music to fuck to. Jesus Christ. This is a call to all musicians to start their spiritual journey and form their best sextets so we can promote the idea of fucking like you mean it. I love that. Holy Good job. Holy shit. Oh my God. Wow. Christ. He's writing a book, by the way. Oh my God. It's going to be a f it's just a full explanation of music theory. Yeah. Music theory, term by term, one by one, destroying <laughs> the fabric of all that is sensible music, anything. Crazy. I love it. Anyways, uh, Sean, thank you so much for yeah, being here. Yeah, Tell us really quickly, hey, give us a give us a rundown. What are you guys up to in the near future? Because I know you're going on tour, yes. both in the U.S. and Europe coming up. Tell everybody about that and where they can find stuff about Sungazer. And search Sean Crowder on YouTube because you have a great YouTube channel. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so Sungazer is going to be on tour in the U.S. Uh, in September and October. And we'll be in Europe in November, and then we'll have some more stuff next year. But yeah, that's where you can catch us. Wicked. Check us out on Instagram, Sungazer yeah. with four R's. With four R's. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have a website? Like, I, I mean, I know uh, who's not really. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, but who really does? It's like YouTube and Instagram. And yeah. That, so it's a, and know. the Sungazer have is there is there do you have your own YouTube channel? Nope. At, okay. At this point, it's just between Adam and I. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, Adam yeah. Neely, Sean Crowder on YouTube. Find all the stuff uh, for Sungazer on there and check it out because it's and Spotify. Obviously, go listen to Sungazer yeah, on Spotify because it's fantastic. Um, so Cheers, yeah, boys. thanks so much, so much yep. for being here. I appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. And uh, we'll do it again. Cheers, Cheers. boys. Cheers. Cheers. See you next time. Bye. Cheers.